0: 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the sea for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Isaiah chapter 19, verses 18 to 25. On that day there will be five cities in the land of Egypt that speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. One of these will be called the City of the Sun. On that day there will be an altar to the Lord in the center of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior, and will deliver, defend and deliver them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians will know the Lord on that day, and will worship with sacrifice and burnt offering and they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing. They will return to the Lord and he will listen to their supplications and heal them. On that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria and the Assyrian will come into Egypt and the Egyptian into Assyria and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. On that day Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. Second Peter, chapter 1, verses 2 to 15. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness thus he has given us through these things his precious and very great promises so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature for this very reason you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind, and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Be all the more eager to confirm your call and election, for if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I intend to keep on reminding you of these things, though you know them already and are established in the truth that has come to you. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to refresh your memory, since I know that my death will come soon as indeed our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Here ends the reading. So some mornings, and uh, for some of the collected prescribed readings for the RCL, especially on Sundays, you can kind of tell what the uh, curators are doing. There's a a pretty clear (laughs) message that they're uh, trying to send. And this morning, I'm definitely not picking up on whatever it is they're putting down. Um, I, I still owe... Uh, the podcast, an episode on why the weekday readings are scraps, or why why I chose weekdays instead of, you know, weekly on some date, and why not Sundays. Um, but weekday, the revised common lectionary was focused on Sundays, and um, some traditions um, pray daily. But the Sundays are the most important dates. And so the weekdays just literally got the scraps. I mean, that's the, the gist of it. And sometimes you kind of get it like um, I, 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 they are filling in the holes. <laughs> the weekdays are the holes. Um, and so it's not clear always if the curator, the, the editors, um, I think it was back in the 80s, whether or not they had some clear message or if they were like, well, you know, okay. The psalm is short today, so now we need, we need to pick up a larger passage from Isaiah. Um, anyway, so that's the first thing I notice, um, and I'm just going to be honest. I've never read this part from Isaiah 19. Um, the idea that Egypt and Assyria and Israel are all blessed together is totally foreign to me. Um, and as a as a as a vet, as a former combatant. Um, I know we spoke about Psalm 23 last week, um, and one part of that psalm, uh, "The Lord will prepare a table in the presence of my enemies," it's kind of open-ended what that means. And I genuinely think the psalmist um, intended to be to to allow the reader to interpret that, whether that's spiteful, like the enemy doesn't have food um, and you do, and it's God's vengeance or vindication. Uh, whether or not that's a genuine uh, moment of vulnerability, where you and your enemy are both eating, eating historically, anthropologically, is very, very vulnerable. Um, and the, Isaiah 19, at least, it's you know, it talks about Egypt and Assyria, which are you know, punching bags for the psalmists and the prophets. Egypt and Assyria were both mighty military powers, and Israel was this tiny little you know, confederation of twelve tribes. Um, and here, like, Isaiah doesn't pull any punches. Like, Egypt and Assyria are were, like, homeboys with Israel now. And not only that, and this is very interesting, um, on that day, Israel will be third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. So not only are God's chosen people third after two Gentile nations, um, but all together, these historic enemies um, are all blessing the earth together. That it's possible for our enemies to um, to be good and do good. So sometimes we forget that. So I suppose on this reading, perhaps the message is um, to not to, to remember, particularly as as soldiers and as veterans. Um, or as civilians and any you know human being with enemies uh, or frenemies, people we pretend to be friends with but really hate them, uh, remember that they can be a blessing, not just to you but to other people. Um, that uh, and, and that, uh, again, pew-pew people are those humble, hearty folks caught in the crosshairs of God and country and that humility, that humbleness, is really central. Um, Isaiah... Does not appear to be, you know, browbeating Israel when um, the author tells them that they'll be third after Egypt and Assyria. That that the pride of being first actually is not operative. Like it's okay that your enemies may even be better than you, may come before you, that they're also capable of providing blessing, um, doing good and being good. So it's a, it's a really interesting reminder um, within a genre. The prophetic literature that's known for being, you know, kind of over the top with fire and brimstone, um, it also is a reminder that um, that you know our, our our enemies are are humans too. Um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's unique in the Book of Isaiah, but it's a it's a really good word um, for this morning. So here ends the reflection. for our enemies from the book of common prayer. O God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth. Deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into pew pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew, pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, You can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.